shoulder to shoulder with Jesus. Watch him hang from the cross. Then celebrate his resurrection. This is Reading the Bible Together, Holy Week. Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Angela Smith. Today we're talking about the Last Supper, and I am so, so grateful to welcome to the podcast an author, a writer, a Bible teacher, someone who's teaching I have sat under, and I always feel like when she's teaching, even when she's on stage, I feel like we're sitting across the table from each other. She has been with Crew for 33 years. She's out of California. She hosts the Someday Is Here podcast, and she is Vivian Mabuni. Welcome, Vivian. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad you're here. And I'm very excited about talking with you about The Last Supper and just before we were recording, talking a little bit about what we're going to talk about. And I'm really excited about what the Lord has been kind of bringing up for you in looking at The Last Supper. So mm-hmm. why don't we why don't we just dive in? Absolutely. Well, I I just love that we can stop and pause and think about Jesus and his last days and last hours with us as we, you know, come up to Easter. Uh, But what strikes me, and I think often as a woman reading the Bible, different characters really stand out to me. And I think about what led up to even this Last Supper. And I think about in John chapter 11, there, uh, actually chapter 12, um, there's this one little moment where um, we're familiar with Mary and Martha and their brother Lazarus, but Mary, you know, knows that Jesus is going to go to the cross as well because Jesus has been talking about this. She takes that very expensive perfume and anoints him. Mm-hmm. And I think about the the lingering smell of this this perfume and how uh, it must have been a source of comfort to Jesus as he goes throughout the supper and into his last days with the trial, the crucifixion, that the lingering aroma. And it's it's said that smell is one of the strongest... Uh, sense memory. Yes, yeah. it's one of the strongest senses. Like I can say, you know, elementary school cafeteria, and it'll take you oh right back. You can smell it, right? <laughs> yes. And so I just think smells can be good things and can be hard things, but I just think that that act of love probably comforted Jesus and that Mary really was a comfort to him. And so then when I think about the Last Supper, what's so motivating and uh, significant to me as a follower of Christ is that Jesus is taking time to really share what's most important to his closest disciples. Mm -hmm. And so in John 13, 14, 15, 16, and 17, it's just packed with the very most important lessons he wanted his closest disciples to know. I, you know, I never thought about what came before this. You know, I, I probably because most years I would go Palm Sunday right into the Last Supper and not really think about what was happening before that. And so mm. I, I love thinking about, you know, the account, the story of Jesus and what he was doing. And as you were talking about the fragrance, I was thinking about, you know, when somebody walks by and you can mm-hmm. smell their perfume or if you wear perfume or cologne and you spray it on your clothes and you, maybe you hang them in the closet and then the next time you come, they still, there's still that aroma. 
yes, of the perfume. Yes. Or if you sit by a campfire. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Might be another thing. Right. You can still smell the fire on your clothes or your mm-hmm. hair or, or whatever. Yeah. So I love yeah. thinking about, you know, what that would have been like for Jesus as his, you know, sweat and blood was mm-hmm. mingling mm-hmm. with the smell of that that perfume. I hadn't perfume. thought about that before. And- and the perfume is so potent because we use like the watered down version often with our perfumes. But if you have an actual perfume and what this very costly perfume that Mary is using, it would have a stronger, more longer lasting smell. But just done in love. And I think Jesus had such a special relationship with Mary, Martha and Lazarus. You know, he actually went to them, I think, to be ministered to before going to the cross because they got it, mm-hmm. and they these women especially understood, and so I I love that they were they were privy to hearing Jesus's teaching throughout his earthly ministry. Um, so anyway, but that takes us to the Last Supper, and he's in the upper room breaking bread with his disciples, sharing about the most important lessons nearest and dearest to his heart. And I think about how many times. The word love is repeated. How many times the word to abide in him as the true vine is repeated. I think about how often he repeats um, lessons on prayer and the Holy Spirit and how important it was that he prayed that that believers would demonstrate unity, that that would help the world to know that, you know, they will know you're my disciples by your love. And, And also our unity was important to him as well. Well, and it's interesting because you mentioned starting in chapter 13, and that's him washing the disciples' feet. And mm. I had seen a, a graphic recently, and it or someone said that Jesus knew what Judas was going to do, and still mm. he washed his feet. Yes. Still yes. he broke bread and, with him. Yeah. And Angela, I think about the the reason why, and I look at the first part of chapter 13, um, you know, it says that Judas was there already. And then verse three in chapter 13 says, Jesus, knowing that the father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper, laid aside his garments, took a towel. And so this idea that he was so solidly rooted in understanding who God was mm-hmm. and that God had given him all things and that he had come from God and was going back to God. And I think that that is such a picture for us even it's like the the idea, the source of from where are we serving? Mm. And when we are serving from a place where we know who we belong to, whose we are, that changes the ability for us. We're not serving to get something. We're not serving to get, you know, to be the center of attention or to take martyr points or anything like that. We're actually serving because we know who we belong to. And I think Jesus modeled that so beautifully that his service came out of that understanding. His ability to wash the disciples' feet, including Judas's, Mm -hmm. came from that posture and that understanding. That's so true. I remember going to, I was going to an event and I was feeling very, very nervous and very self-conscious and very focused on myself. And I remember thinking, and I really think this is probably the Holy Spirit leading going into it instead of, you know, oh, me, I'm so nervous, and what are they going to think? And uh, But going into it thinking with a posture of how can I serve? How can I go there? How can I serve the people that I'm going to see? And it it was a total switch of posture. It changed my heart. It was, 
I, I wasn't focused on myself. I was able to go in and and I, I hopefully serve and and actually then myself get more out of it because I was kind of over myself. Yeah. And so yeah. I, I love what you're saying about that Jesus knew who he was. He knew who God was. He knew his position with God mm-hmm. and was then able to do what he, you know, to give of to completely surrender himself, body, mind, and soul, which is mm-hmm. amazing. So what else is standing out to you then from, so the, he washes the disciples' feet and then Judas leaves. Mm-hmm. And then we see, you know, especially in John, this long, almost, I mean, I almost get the visual of him like taking them by the shoulders, like, listen, this is my last opportunity with you kind mm-hmm. of posture of, these are the last things, this is his last moment with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. And I think so often, you know, we sometimes as North American believers, especially, I think we sometimes uh, miss out on the intimacy that we can have with Jesus. And we focus so much on the Christian life and the things that we're supposed to do and not do and forget that our our actions and thoughts and attitudes, they spring from a deep place of abiding in intimacy with Jesus. And so we think of often like the example, I mean, I love how Jesus would use something as practical as the vine and the branches, something, I mean, he probably pointed to it outside the window, you know, like (laughs) explaining that I am the source um, and that the natural outcome of abiding in me is that you will be fruitful and that it, it actually you know, glorifies God when you bear much fruit. But often we take that to be trying to do that in our own efforts and we just jump on this hamster wheel of activities and um, ministry and all of these things in hopes of producing fruit when the fruit just is a natural byproduct. And we think of the fruit as the blessing when the reality is Jesus is the blessing mm. and our connection and intimacy with him and how much he just, you know, straight from the beginning talks, you know, I am the way, the truth and the life that, you know, it's just, we stop. Sometimes we forget <laughs> that mm-hmm. the Christian life is all about Jesus and not our external rules and what we do and don't do. And, you know, what our attitudes should be. And I, I just love that about this this particular section of scripture and even just thinking about him teaching those very lessons to, to the disciples initially and then now to us. Yeah, I love that, that it's not about, it's not about cranking out behavior. Mm-hmm. It's about lingering, which is actually what we're trying to do this whole week with this study of, you know, not jumping from Sunday to Sunday, but yeah. lingering with him within the week and what he was a man, what, mm. you know, he had 24 hours in a day, you know, what, how is he spending that time yeah. from Palm Sunday until he's hanging on the cross? So mm. I, I love that, that thought of just focusing on him, that not, not even just the thought, but letting it sink in deeper. Yeah. And, and I think that kind of ties back to, you know, Paul writing in second Corinthians, chapter two, I believe it's verse 14, um, that we're the fragrant aroma of the knowledge of him in every place. And that that's, as believers now, we carry that aroma, the sweet aroma of the knowledge of him everywhere we go. And, you know, it's, I think that that's good for us to remember that we are representing who Jesus is, and we are his hands and feet to the world. 
Mm. That makes me think of when Moses came down from the mountain and he was glowing from being mm. in God's presence and glowing with the glory and how, you know, people, and is it Elijah in the mountain? You know, there's the, the glimpse of the glory, like the afterglow of mm. someone. And it made me think of, I had the opportunity to talk with Jill Briscoe once mm-hmm. and spend some time with her. And I went to people later and I said, I know, I know she's not the Lord, but am I glowing? Because I feel like <laughs> the, the, the Holy Spirit is so in her. The Lord is so with her. Like, like I had this after effect of oh. him from spending time mm-hmm. with her. So it's kind yeah. of like the imaging that I'm, I'm seeing with the, this aroma that, oh, like, Lord, let it be true that when of me. You know what I mean? Mm, when people yeah. when spend time with me, that there would be this, like you're talking about the aroma, the, the afterglow of him mm. with them. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Mm, that's a good, that's so good. Is there anything else that you want to make sure that we talk about in talking about the last supper and talking about Jesus's last words to his disciples? You know, I think the other, the last thing is really Jesus spends a lot of time focusing on the Holy Spirit, third member of the Trinity, but we we can sometimes get a little weird about the Holy Spirit, but (laughs) he's really such a key integral part of our relationship with God and our ability to live out the Christian faith. And that's in this uh, surrendered, yielded heart position, um, uh, our posture of yieldedness unleashes the spirit. And I think that that's really the key to the Christian life is, again, like we can't, we can't squeeze out fruit in our own effort. It just is a byproduct, but that we really, the Holy Spirit is the one who convicts us of our sin, leads us into truth. I mean, all of these lessons on the Holy Spirit are so key because the Christian life is not hard to do. It's impossible And Jesus understood that. And that's why he was like, it's good for me to go because then I can send my spirit and he will empower you to live out my will. And I think that's probably the other key to the Christian life that we're not left on our own to our own unsustainable, limited energy, but that the God of the universe dwelling in us gives us the power to live out the Christian life. Mm. That is so good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Vivian, for making time to join us. I, 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 I'm I, hoping that people when they, you know, as we finish up, that they'll, that's what they'll remember, that it's mm. the Holy Spirit lingering with them. It's seeking Jesus. It's not about cranking out behavior. It's about being with him. Yes. Dwelling with him. So thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. You're welcome. Happy Easter to everyone. Thank you for joining us for this conversation about The Last Supper. Make sure that you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any episodes, and we will see you next time. The Reading the Bible Together podcast is a production of Faith Radio and Northwestern Media. Hosted, produced, and edited by Angela Smith. If you've enjoyed this podcast and want to hear more, consider financially supporting Faith Radio. Find more information at MyFaithRadio.com.